Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. And for more info, you can check us out on Facebook at Life Church of Columbia. Tonight, uh, this this whole weekend has already been kind of off kilter. Usually, we uh, usually we plan our days specifically according to that day. In other words, on Friday we preach on the cross, on Saturday we preach on the grave, and on Sunday, of course, we preach on the resurrection. And of course, leave it to Dad to just completely throw a kink in everything. And Friday night he taught on Thursday night, so now I feel like it's Friday night, and I'm not teaching on the cross either. So it's going to be a weird weekend. Uh, but I thought it was kind of crazy. Uh, I just don't think nothing is a coincidence. No, sir. That actually we're going to go on our entire journey through the cross. Uh, and we're not even actually really going to deal with the cross. And at first I felt kind of bad. I was like, man, that seems terrible. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I just got to thinking it's so crazy how for so long the church has got so hung up on the cross. That we never get to everything after it, around it. And we've always been so focused on it. So I think it's very intentional this weekend that we're not getting so, so tunnel vision on just the cross. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not belittling the cross. The cross is phenomenal. But I don't want us. The cross is an incredible place to start. And it's a terrible place to finish. Does that make sense? And so I feel like this weekend we're kind of all around it. And I'm even going to tonight, I told you it's going to be different. So tonight I'm actually going to read the story of when they find out he's no longer in the tomb. Uh, But we're going to deal with Saturday tonight. I am going to deal with what is Saturday. Uh, This is my title tonight, Stick to the Plan. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Mark chapter 8. I believe that's what I gave you, Jason. Uh, I had... (laughs) When I started going through this, I just had, there's so many scriptures. Like there's just, when you start dealing with the prophecy of what Jesus was going to be and what he was going to do, the things that were coming, you can go all the way back in the Old Testament. There's so many all through the New Testament. So it was really hard this tonight to condense everything down. Uh, so we just picked out a few that we're going to deal with tonight. But I want to start with Mark chapter 8, verse 31, because tonight I want to talk to you about sticking to the plan Ch- uh, where's, where's Chi at? She step out? She told me when I got here a while ago, I guess because I wore a blazer tonight, she said, you look very pastoral tonight. Uh, and so I think for the last few weeks, I've just kind of been like this ball of energy, just spontaneously combusting every time I get up here and try to do something. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, but tonight I am going to come to you pastoral. I want to teach you some things. I want to show you some things. I want to uh, just kind of deal with where we're at and and I want, us, I want this to stick with you, to learn, that we learn how to stick to the plan. This is so imperative. Uh, I also want to give a shout out. I have my brother here tonight, Colby. He's, my, he's the Caleb to my Joshua. Uh, I love you, dude. Thank you for being here tonight. Uh, so tonight we're going to start with verse cha- Mark chapter 8 because we're talking about the plan. So I want to start with laying out the plan. Okay, Jesus was very intentional. He was very specific about the plan. He never sugarcoated the plan. He never made it mysterious. He was just like, hey guys, they're going to kill me. I'm going to be dead for three days, but I'm coming back. Okay, that was the plan. So let's look at this. I'm going to turn around and read off the screen. Jason just informed me that our back screen gave up the ghost. So I'm going to read off the front with y'all. 831 says, and he began to teach them that the son of my... That's easy for you to say. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests, scribes, and be killed. And after three days, he will rise again. I mean, that's pretty... I mean, I don't see any confusion here. He spoke this word openly. Then Peter, gosh, I love Peter, takes Jesus, the Messiah, to the side and rebukes him. This dude. (laughs) Then Peter took him to the side and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Jesus lays out the plan. Peter doesn't like the plan. So Peter rebukes Jesus because that's not the plan that Peter had. And Jesus said, The problem is your plan is all about you. Come on. Right? Because we love Jesus. 
Think of the disciples. He's their teacher. He's their leader. He's been providing for them for three and a half years. All this amazing stuff is going on. And then Jesus drops a bombshell on them and says, Hey, by the way, when we get there, they're going to kill me. I'm going to be gone. And Peter's like, No, I don't like that plan. I don't like the plan where you're gone. I like the plan where you're here dealing with every situation that I can't deal with on my own. I like that plan. And Jesus, said, Jesus rebukes him back and says, you don't even understand. He really takes it to the extreme, and, but we're not going to get into those scriptures. That's not where I'm going. Tonight we're dealing with the plan. And what's crazy is if you study the, if you study the Gospels, Jesus actually, uh, they use the word predicted. Uh, I don't love that terminology. Uh, but he, he told them about his death at least, at the very least, possibly more, at very least three different times. It's recorded in the three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John, he's, you know how John was. He was totally on something else. Uh, but it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record this. And we know that it happens at least three different times where Jesus says, Hey guys, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be dead for three days. I'm going to come back to life. This is the plan. It's been laid out. It's been put before them. He even goes as far in John chapter 14. Uh, I'll give you that one, Jason. I think that one may be in the Passion. In John chapter 14, uh, 14, 15, and 16, some of the most amazing chapters in the Bible, Jesus says, I'm telling you this while I'm still with you. Notice what he's doing. He's preparing his disciples. He's letting them know continually. But when the Father sends the Spirit of holiness, the one like me who sets you free, he will teach you all things in my name. And he will inspire you to remember every word that I've told you. I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace. Not the kind of fragile peace that's given by the world, but my perfect peace. So don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. Do you see all the terminology, what he's doing here? He's preparing them. He's making them ready for what's about to come. Remember what I've told you. I must go away, but I promise to come back to you. So if you truly love me, you will be glad for me, since I'm returning to my Father who is greater than I. So when all these things happen, you will still trust and cling to me. I won't speak with you much longer, for the rulers of this dark world, the ruler of this dark world is coming, but he has no power over me, for he has nothing to use against me. I am doing exactly what the Father destined for me to accomplish so that the world will discover how much I love my Father. Now come with me. This is the plan. Jesus is laying everything out. And there's so many I could have pulled from. There's so many different places. But I wanted to use these to begin to show you that Jesus was very intentional. He was very specific in laying out the plan of everything that was about to take place. Everything that was about to unfold. Not only that, he takes it even a step further by uh, prophesying that Peter would deny him three times before all this took place. Well then, of course, we know if, if you know your Bible, you know that this takes place. Peter denies him three times. All this is happening, and it's all pointing to the fact of him trying to tell them, I've done, told you everything that's going to happen. I've proven it. I've done everything possible to make you know that this thing is coming, that I am about to die. I am about to be taken and be crucified. So I know a lot of times we tend to give the disciples a really hard time on how they handle Saturday, Friday night through Sunday morning. How many times have we harped on Peter because he denies Jesus three times? How many times have we harped on the disciples because they followed from afar? How many times have we been hard on the disciples because when he gets to the cross, the only one left is John? And we're constantly taking these shots at the disciples. And I feel like this week my heart just began to go out to the disciples because they've just experienced something that we cannot imagine. The Messiah, Jesus the Christ, has been with them for three and a half years now, showing them the most incredible things they could ever imagine, teaching them revelations that we can't even wrap our minds around. And this has been going on, and now all of a sudden they've taken this man and killed him right in front of them. Can you imagine what is happening in the minds of the disciples in this moment? 
So I feel like this week I was checked up on, chill out on the disciples. You don't understand what was happening to them in this moment. Even though Jesus, to the very best that it could be done, prepared them and made them ready for this exact moment. He was preparing them, teaching them to be courageous, teaching them to stay close to one another, to be united, to be together, to remember what He had told them. All of these things He's consistently putting before them. But we know the story. Jesus is taken. The disciples are dispersed. Chaos has ensued. Nobody knows where half of them are at this moment. They're brokenhearted. They're uncertain. They're full of doubts. They don't know what's happening in this moment. And so now I want us to look at Luke chapter 24. Jason, I didn't give you this because I'm literally just going to jump through the whole chapter all over the place. But I want to show you what's happening here. Some of you may know Luke chapter 24 is where Jesus actually comes back. Uh, we have the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. This is where the, the, uh, Mary and the other women run to the tomb. All this is happening. Because this is not what I want you to see. The Bible actually teaches us that Mary... What's up, dude? He gone. He just wanted the closest seat. <laughs> uh, the Bible actually teaches us that they prepared spices and all this stuff for Jesus' burial. And the plan is to go and do this according to the way they did things. They would go do this at the burial and things like place. Well, we know that the crucifixion takes place late on Friday, which ventures over into what would be their Sabbath. So because it becomes Sabbath, the women can't do anything. They can't do any work. They can't go prepare Jesus' body. They can't do any of those things. So they have to stop what they're doing, and they're not allowed to go in and do what they have planned to do. The Bible teaches you this. So when we pick up in Luke chapter 24, and it says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, that a certain other women with them, and other women with them, came to the tomb bringing spices that they had prepared. I need you to understand something. <laughs> They're coming into the tomb with spices for Jesus' body. Do you realize that that means they had zero faith that He had rose from the dead? They had, there was not the smallest thing in them that thought Jesus did what he said he would do because they were coming to prepare his body. When if they had believed what he told them, they wouldn't be coming with spices. They would be running to the tomb expecting it to be split wide open and Jesus be gone. But they're coming to mourn and to, to, to go through their rituals of dealing with Jesus' body. So we see Mary and these others showing up in the most depleted faith you can imagine. This isn't a story of they were so excited and they were ready. No, this is he's dead and he's dead forever, so we need to do what's necessary to his body so that it's taken care of properly. And Jesus had done told them, I'm not worried about this body. You can tear this body down and I'll build it back in three days. Remember when he's talking to him about the temple, he says, you can tear this temple down, I'll build it back in three days. And again, they're like, oh, I don't even know what he's talking about. It took us a hundred years to build the temple. And I feel like Jesus is like, man, you're just not getting this. I'm trying to tell you what's coming. But you're, remember what he told Peter? You're so consumed with you. You're so concerned with the plans of men that you can't even comprehend what I'm doing in the Spirit. And because they didn't know what was happening in the Spirit, they show up with spices when they should have showed up with His new robe. Oh, come on. They should have came saying, we prepared a robe because our king ain't dead. And he told us this would happen. He told us he would die for three days, but today's the day. And today's the day we re-robe him and he takes over the planet. But instead... Because they couldn't understand what he was saying, they're showing up with spices, and they're mourning, and they're upset. Because they had zero faith, no inclination at all that he had rose from the dead. Even though we just read the scriptures, just one of them by the way, where Jesus told them repeatedly, I'm going to die and three days later I'll raise up. Well, I, I was doing the math because I'm really good at math. And Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's three days. 
in case y'all are trying to keep up. Mike, Mike did you get that? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Mike's literally my human calculator on the job. I'm not exaggerating. I was on a phone call yesterday trying to do a bid, and I was on the phone, so I couldn't get my calculator up. So I'm just yelling at Mike. Hey, Mike, what's 160 times 4 plus 8 and then divide it by 3? And he's just spitting out numbers. And I'm just giving it to the people on the phone, not even checking him. Just like, yeah, it's this number. Well, how do you know? Because Mike said so. If I do it on my phone and my phone gives me a different number, I trust Mike. And I, I what's wrong with my phone? That's not right. <laughs> I'm serious. It's, it's weird, but I'm so glad he's with me. Uh, where was I at? Oh, three days. So if this is what he prophesied, then on the third day, their response should have been different than it was. The plan should have been. Are y'all ready? Today's the day. It's Sunday, guys. Did you sleep at all last night? I didn't sleep a wink because he's about to be back. I couldn't sleep at all because I remember today's the day. But it wasn't that. It was, Mary, we need to prepare his body. What body? He's not there. He told you he wouldn't be there. Mary, get your stuff. Get your spices. Let's go and prepare the body. I need you to understand the condition that they were in. We're talking about some of the most powerful, faith-filled people that walk the planet are all of a sudden standing in a situation where they had zero faith that he was alive. No intentions. Bringing the spices which they had prepared. They literally made preparations for him to not be alive. Do you get that? We're always preaching faith is making preparations ahead of time. Maybe they did have faith. They had faith that his body would still be in that grave. They had prepared for it. They had worked towards this. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in. They did not find the body. And it happened that they were greatly perplexed about this. <laughs> they were so perplexed. That it happened exactly like Jesus told them it would happen. And it happened that they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And they were afraid, and they bowed their faces to the earth. And they said to him, and, and they, the men said to the women, Why do you seek the living among the dead? What a statement. He is not here. He's risen. Check this next line. Remember when he told you? <laughs> Shots fired. Why are you looking for him here? Don't you remember what he told you? He told you he wouldn't be here. So the fact that you're here lets me know you weren't listening to what he was telling you. Stick to the plan. He's not here. He's risen. Don't you remember when he told you? The Son of Man must, must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And here it is again. And on the third day, rise again. Check verse 8. Oh, and then they remembered. Verse 8 says, and then they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and all these told all these things to all the rest. I'm going to try to skip through here for sake of time. Now get this. They've had this experience with the angels. He's, remember, he's, re, he's made them remember what Jesus said. In verse 11, they go back. They tell all these words to the disciples. And the Bible says, and they did not believe them. But Peter, just in case, gets up and runs to the tomb. Stoops down, looks in, sees only the cloth. He departed, and then he's marveling to himself at what had happened. It continues. Two guys are going on the road to Emmaus, two disciples. And it says Jesus himself starts walking with them, and they don't recognize it's him. What kind of conversation is this that you're having with one another as you walk and are sad? And then one of them asks him, are you the only one that doesn't know what's going on right now? Are you the only person that doesn't know what just happened? And I feel like Jesus is saying, no, I'm the only person that does know what happened. No one else has a clue at this moment. 
So Jesus is walking with them for a while. And check, this is what I need you to catch, okay? We're going to kind of use this end of this moment right here to begin to build. Uh, let's look at 24, chapter 24, verse 24. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. And this is Jesus' response. O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. He's saying, you've been told this for generations. This has been being told to you since the prophets of old that this is going to happen. But notice this phrase, you who are slow of heart to believe. Man, that's such a big statement. I would love to spend a lot of time there. 26, he says, Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Check this. And in verse 27, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, Jesus expounded to them in all of the scriptures the things that were concerning himself. So Jesus starts to tell them about him. Jesus begins to take all of Scripture and point everything to exactly what he did, exactly what took place. And he begins to use this as the opportunity to show them this. After this, we know he goes back and he begins to appear to the disciples. Uh, Verse 44, he says, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you that all things must be fulfilled, which was written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they may comprehend the Scriptures. And then he said to them, Thus it is written and thus it is necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. I laid all this out here so you can get the full context of everything that's happening in this moment. Jesus lays out the plan. They've been hearing the plan for generations because it's been passed down all the way back from Moses, all the way through the Old Testament. Everything was pointing to Jesus Christ and what he was going to do in this moment. And we get all the way to this moment and everything finally happens. We come to this crescendo of the gospel and it is Jesus dying on the cross and all of a sudden they forget everything that they were told. And it's so easy to take shots at Peter because he leaves Jesus in this moment because he forgot what Jesus told him. But as I begin to read and study this week, I felt like the Holy Spirit began to ask me some of these questions. Like, how are you handling the Saturday that comes into your life? And it's easy to stand back and blame Peter and say, I can't believe Peter left and I can't believe Peter did that. But how many times have you left? Because your plan didn't go like you thought it should. How many times have you come to the moment where you're thinking, oh no, it's over and he's dead and they've put it in the tomb and this is it and you fly off the handle and you lose faith and you're not expecting anything good out of this and you find yourself standing at the moment of having no faith expecting there's no way this could turn out for my good. And we become Mary standing with our spices saying, yeah, I know he said some good things, but it's dead now and it's never coming back to life. He's not going to restore this thing. I might as well prepare spices for that dream. I might as well prepare spices for that marriage. I might as well prepare spices for that friendship. I might as well prepare the spices for whatever that situation may have been. I might as well prepare spices for that ministry I used to have. I might as well begin. And we are standing in a place of zero faith because we can't see it turning out the way he said it would and we become just like the disciples and we're scattered and we're in chaos and we're not certain and we're up and we're down hopefully we're not cussing at young girls and denying Jesus but hopefully we didn't take it as far as Peter did but you see what I'm saying we're at that place we're in the same place Jesus is saying I gave you the plan I told you exactly, oh, you thought it was all just going to go just like you thought it should. Maybe that's why he threw in scriptures like John 16, where he said, in this world, you're going to go through some stuff. But be of good cheer. I already won. 
I already overcome the world. I've already taken care of it. And we're sitting in our pity parties saying, God, this is not how I thought it would go. This is not what I wanted. And Jesus is rebuking us like Peter saying, it's not your plan. It's my plan. Stick to it. Stick to the plan. Remember what I told you. And here's the thing. The disciples couldn't read ahead and see what happened. They had to live it in the moment. We get to read ahead. And we already know John 16, says He overcome the world. We already know that in chapter 24, the tomb is split open and He comes out all powerful. We already know all these things. And yet we're still sitting back blaming God saying, we gave our lives to this and now it's dead. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to keep going? How am I supposed to move on? And He's saying, you remember what I told you. Don't quit. Don't stop doing what you're supposed to do because it looks like they've crucified it and they've put it out. Stick to the plan. Even if this part of the plan means you have to spend an entire Sabbath doing nothing. A lot of times, us aborting the plan is actually us putting our hands on it and trying to make the plan what we think it should be. And that's exactly what Peter did when Jesus turned around and rebuked him and said, you're trying to change the plan. And if the grave is part of the plan, you don't get to omit the grave. You don't get to take out the cross. This is part of the plan. Stick to the plan. Stick to what I told you. Remember in those moments. Remember when you lose the baby, you stick to the plan. You don't know how many nights I sat in my little office over there and cried and thought, how do I keep ministering? How do I keep going around and telling them you're so good and you're so great when in this moment I lost a child? How do I continue in this? And I feel like there was something in me without even knowing saying, just stick to the plan. Just stick to what I told you. Stick to what you know about me. I've been telling you this for a while. Don't stop because it didn't go like you thought. When he's in the tomb, stick to the plan. Just like he prophesied it and told it to all the disciples, he's already laid it out for you. He's already given you the plan. He's already given you every prophetic word. He's already told you you're the head and not the tail. He's already told you you're the lender and not the borrow. He's already told you you're blessed going out and blessed coming in. So if you're not that right now, stick to the plan. It's not over. If the plan hasn't reached the, 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 the finality of Him being on the throne, then it's not over. So don't give up yet. Don't go back to the boat, Peter. Don't go back to fishing. Don't go back to whatever that may have been. Stick to the plan. Remember what He told you. He told you, I'm going to be dead for three days. But on that third day, I'm coming back. I'm coming out of that grave. Stick to the plan. But I don't like this part of the plan. I don't know what to do with this part of the plan. I don't know how to handle this part of the plan. Stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. Why do we have to know that even if in the moment it looks like it's been crucified, it's been buried, whatever that it is in your life, if it's your relationship, if it's your marriage, if it's your ministry, if it's your passion, if it's whatever it may be, we get in those moments and you think, I, this, was, this was not the plan. To be in this place is not the plan. How, how do you know? Because the Bible says that Jesus by faith had to die and have enough faith that God would bring him back from the dead. How do you have that kind of faith to know that when you're in this moment, it'll come back? Because in... One of these scriptures I wrote down, my page is a mess. In Romans chapter 6, he tells us that the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is now living in us and it will quicken our mortal bodies in whatever position or situation or thing we're going through. He said, I've given you that same Spirit that raised Jesus. Why would he word it that way? 
He didn't say, I'm going to give you the same spirit that Jesus used to heal the blind. Now, don't get me wrong. We're all talking about the same spirit. <laughs> but notice how he worded it. I'm going to give you the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Why do I need a spirit that raised him from the dead? Because I'm going to find myself in a situation where I need that same spirit to raise me from the dead. I need that same spirit to raise whatever situation I have found myself in. I need that same spirit that can raise it from the dead. That's what this thing is about. He was saying, if you would have just stuck to the plan... If you'd have just stuck to the plan in the moment, you wouldn't have had to go through everything that you went through. I told you Dad set me up really well last night because he mentioned that first they come and give you the cup and then they leave and you don't know how long it's going to be. You don't know how long it's going to be until, until he returns. And I feel like we're in that place where we're, we're antsy and we're not sure and it's been a while and I haven't got this and I haven't seen this and I haven't heard this and I haven't experienced this and God, why hasn't this taken off and why is this still hard and, and all these and we're back and forth and I feel like God is just tonight saying just, just stick to the plan. Yeah. Just, just don't check, don't pivot right now. Just stick to the plan. You know the plan. He's given you the plan. He gave you the ministry. He gave you the direction. He gave you the insight. He gave you the prophetic word. Stick to the plan. Stick to what he's told you. The angel said, don't you remember what he told you? I believe tonight we need the Holy Spirit to remind us of some things that he has told us. And we need to get back to where he expected. We need to get back to the plan that he laid out for us. It's so easy to find our own versions of the plan. It's so easy to, 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 to take different things and, and, and it's, it's, it's the plan adjacent. And Jesus is saying, no, that's not the plan. Remember, I told you this. Stick to this. Stick to what I told you. He kept saying, I'm telling you this so that you will know. I'm telling you this so that you will know when it happens. He said, I'm telling you ahead of time. I feel like God is trying to tell us so much ahead of time. If we were spiritual enough to pay attention to what's be told ahead of time. That when we get in those situations, we don't lose our cool and we don't take a different route and we don't give up on these things because I already know he's already told me. And when he's already told me I know the plan, I can remain in the plan. I can just stick to the plan. So I believe we're being challenged now to start living like we know how the story ends. I'm convinced that Saturday shouldn't affect us like it did the disciples. That we already know he wins this thing. We already know He's victorious. We already know the plan that He has laid out for us. And, and it's, such a, it's such a fun thing to use Sundays on the way. And I knew it was going to come out this weekend. I knew we were going to use it in some form. But I feel like we've just turned that into something we throw around. But we don't actually live like Sunday's going to be different. Because the disciples knew Sunday was coming. They just thought Sunday was going to be another day that He's still in the tomb. And we have to just quit throwing around these things and these ideas and these religious sayings and start actually living like on Sunday, He did get up. He is alive. He is all-powerful. He is supreme above everything over my life and my situation, my ministry, my family, my marriage. He got up and became ruler over all of that. So we have to start living in this place to where when life takes the turn that we didn't expect, we don't lose control. We don't go into a whirlwind because, well, I didn't think it was going to happen like this. So stick to the plan. It doesn't always go like we want it to go. And people aren't always going to treat you the way you want to be treated. People are not always going to handle you the way that you think you should be handled. All of these things are going to happen. It's life. And Jesus is saying, but in these moments, in these times, remain where I've told you. Remain in what I've told you. Stick to the plan. There's, there's, 
things are changing too much. You see what I'm saying? In our lives, we're constantly here to here to here to here to here. Jesus said, no, remember. Remember what I told you. Stick to that. Have some, have some consistency about it. Remain in that place. It's so crazy. I wish we had more insight into John. Because when all of this is happening, John is the only one sitting at the foot of the cross. Out of all these disciples... That all the way leading up to this moment, he's followed him all the way into this place. All the way into this place that none of the other ones could make it into. I believe John had something in him. He had something in him that was drawing him past the, oh, this is the time to bail. This is the time to change course. This is the time to do something else. This is the, Peter was that guy. He was, I need to be grabbing something and doing something and moving something. Like he was... It happened. Let's go fishing. Let's go back to business. Let's go. And John is finding his way into this place that's beyond everything else. And I so want to be motivated by that, that even if sticking to the plan leads me to the foot of that cross, even if it brings me that far into this agony and this pain and this suffering, if it brings me that close, I want to remain there. I want to stick to that plan. I want, to remain, I want to remain close to that. I think if we're to truly start living like we believe everything this weekend stands for, then our lives have to become extremely more consistent. That no matter what life throws at us, no matter what curveball, what punch out of nowhere takes us off of our guard, there has to be this thing within us that stands on nothing else but I know what he said. I, I, I know what he said, and I know it would be easier right now to do something different, but I know what he said. But I, I, I so believe it. I don't want to find myself standing in a place with prepared spices when it should have been a prepared feast. I, I don't want that to find its way into my life because it's very easy to. It's very easy to find yourself in a place where instead of celebrating what you know is about to come, you've shifted into, let's just prepare for the worst. Prepa the spices and the ointments were them preparing for the worst. I don't want that to creep into my life. I, I don't want that to find its way back in there where, where my mindset just begins to be, well, it's probably not going to happen. I feel like that's so anti-Christian, but it's so the norm. We live with this, it's probably not going to happen. I mean, yeah, I know you have this thing going on right now, and I'll pray with you right now, but, I mean, let's be honest, probably not going to happen. And what if we're going into prayers with spices instead of a feast? What if subconsciously you're going into your ministry with spices instead of a feast? I know we're not blatantly running around saying, oh, we don't think it's going to happen. And we think Jesus didn't get out of the grave. And we're not, but subconsciously there's some things happening in us. And if we could be totally honest, we relate more to Mary than... Well, I was going to say to someone else, but none of them expected it, so I don't know who we relate to. If we were honest with ourselves, a lot of situations we would connect with them and their walk back to the tomb than going back thinking, he's up, he's resurrected. Too many times, especially, I feel like too many times we've been caught in these places where the outcome would have been so much greater if our mindset wasn't already preparing spices. And a lot of times, our situation can never actually get out of the tomb because we've already embalmed it. We've already made the preparations for it to stay there. 
And Jesus is, you know, I, I even begin to think about it a little different this week. I'm not going to keep you much longer. I begin to think about it a little different this week because I know it was to fulfill prophecy. I, I get all that. I'm not trying to get into a lot, of, a lot of stuff there. But even, you know, we think so many times like, oh, it's so awesome that they offered up all of this stuff. Like you have Joseph who offered him his tomb, and I believe it was Nicodemus who brings, it says, a ton of stuff for Jesus' burial. It compared it to a bell of hay, didn't it? Isn't that what we read? Like he brings so much stuff for Jesus' burial. And, it, and, and I, I, get the, I get the honor in that. I, I don't want to take a shot at that. But if you begin to think, if they knew in three days he was getting up, why all the preparations for the tomb? Why go through so much to prepare him to be in there if we really believed in three days he's coming out? So I guess tonight I wanted to remind us, for one, first and foremost, some of you need to remember the plan. You need to stick to it, or some of us need to get back to it. Some of us have already went fishing like Peter, and we need to be reminded of the plan, and we need to get back to it. But also some of us need to stop and begin to look at some situations and some things in our life and begin to ask the hard questions like, have I prepared spices or have I prepared a feast? What have I done in this situation in my life? Have, have I already put my faith in it never getting alive? Or have I woke up in a day of celebration? Because today's the day. Today is the day. Can you see the difference of what that Sunday morning would have been like for the disciples? If they would have stuck to the plan? It would have been a whole different day. Can I tell you, your day could be a whole different day based on how you get up expecting that day to be. If you get up in the morning and you're already mentally preparing your spices for that day, then that day is going to be a day for the tomb. <laughs> but I want to so live in a place to where it doesn't matter what life is thrown at me, Kenny. It doesn't matter because I know on Sunday... I know I'm showing up for the feast. I'm believing in what he told me. So even though it may be hard right now, and I don't understand it right now, I can't put all the pieces together right now. I choose to believe in what he told me. And I will not give up on this thing, and I will not prepare spices, and I will not be prepared to, 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 to embalm this thing yet because I so believe it's coming to life. Some of us need to start believing this for the body of Christ. They had to believe it for the physical, natural body of Christ. We need to start believing it for the, for the body of Christ today. Some people have already embalmed the church. And you've thought it's too far gone and they're never coming back from this. But I'm declaring today, I'm about to prepare a feast for the body of Christ. And she's coming alive. She's not going to remain in the state and the position that she's in now. But she's coming alive. And guess what? Tomorrow is Sunday. Day. Tomorrow is that day. Tomorrow is the day where I believe the church is beginning to come alive again. So as much as I've been through as it relates to the church, I, I get to an extent, I get church hurt. But I was raised in church. I know what it means to be church hurt. But I refuse to prepare spices just because I got hurt. Just because it did something that I didn't expect and it wounded me in a way that I wasn't prepared for, I refuse to start preparing spices. But I choose to say the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ is not dead. It is not done. It is not over. But we are coming back to life. He said, remember, we're sticking to the plan. What did Jesus say was the plan for the body of Christ? I'll come back for a bride who has been prepared, who is ready, who is spot free, doesn't have a blemish on her. That's the plan. Stick to the plan. Oh, come on. 
we can work that. Stick to the plan. The church is not going to be some maimed, crippled, decrepit, no power, no authority, not doing anything, and one day God has to show up and save us from this planet because we can't handle it no more. No, stick to the plan. We leave here on top. We leave here victorious. When this thing wraps up, we win. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And I refuse to believe the lie that religion has told us that it's going to get so bad He has to save us from it. No, we're here to save it. He's not coming to save us. Come on, the whole thing is we're going to make this thing. The Bible says until the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and His Christ. That's the plan. Stick to it. Stick to it and don't start preparing spices for a crippled church. But begin to declare we're coming alive. We are coming back with power and authority. Come on. There's so many ways I could go with this. Let's just be honest. We want for the best, and we hope the best for the church, but I believe even some of us, as committed as we are, we've prepared spices for signs, wonders, and miracles. We've just come to the place of saying, I just don't know if it can happen again. Jesus said, signs, wonders, and miracles shall follow them that believe. Stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. I refuse to bury signs, wonders, and miracles, but I choose to prepare a feast. Even in the moments where I'm not walking in them, I will celebrate them so my son can walk in them. I refuse to bury it, Colby. I want to be so challenged. I want to keep hearing stories where they raise them from the dead. I want to keep hearing stories where the blind see and the lame can walk because I refuse to let religion start stirring up spices for something that Jesus said, it will not die. It is the very thing that I will use to build my church. Let it come alive again in us. Let it come alive again in us. Signs, wonders, and miracles will follow them that believe. Stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. How many times have I prayed for someone and I thought, this is it, God's about to pour out, and they died? What do you do? Stick to the plan. You pray for the next one. Don't bury this thing because it didn't go the way you thought it should go. Stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. I feel like for so long, for so long, whether we knew it or not, the church has just been preparing spices. We've just been expecting this thing to be like it is until hopefully one day, by and by, that good old gospel ship sucks us out of here. But I refuse. I refuse. I refuse to buy in to the idea that we have to start embalming this thing and preparing it for the end. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's not the plan, see? That's not the plan. That's the easy way, Peter. That's the easy way where they just stay here and hold your hand the rest of your life so that you don't have to do it on your own. But Jesus said that's not the plan. The plan is power and authority and dominion. The plan is it's coming back to life. The body of Christ is coming back to life. And I know right now, if you watch some of your major news networks, it would probably be hard to believe that the body of Christ is ever going to come back to life. But if you're paying attention to where it matters, I believe you might would have to say something's beginning to shake. Something's beginning to change. What if, what if we're not just based on the calendar on the day before Sunday? But what if we're in a season of life that is the day before Sunday? 
And the body of Christ is beginning to come alive once again. And I'm, I am just so convinced that we are at a place where the body of Christ is about to arise again and become everything that the plan said it was supposed to be. I'm not making a new plan. I'm not, I'm not here to change the plan. If he said we're supposed to walk in power, that's the plan. Young guys, stick to the plan. If you never see one of us old, I said us, I threw me in there that time. If you never see one of us old people do it, still stick to the plan. Young people, if you never see your parents move into this level that I'm talking about, still stick to the plan. Those of us that have been church all of our lives and we're saying, well, we've never seen it like that and we've never experienced it like that, it doesn't matter. Stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. I believe, I believe Abba just wanted to take a moment tonight and remind us of the plan. And remind us that even though it looks dark right now and it feels like it's been in the tomb, tonight we get to make a choice. Will we prepare a feast or will we prepare spices? And I don't know about you, but I want to prepare a feast. I want to celebrate and I believe as we begin to celebrate, this thing's going to come alive. And we're going to see everything that he planned for us to see. Why not now? Why not our generation? Why not this church? Why not this parish? Why not this state? Why not? The only reason it won't is if we embalm it before it can come back to life. And I refuse to let doubt and uncertainty come in and be the spices that keep him from coming alive for me but I want to stand up in faith. I want to walk in real faith that believes no matter how dark it is right now, no matter what it looks like right now, it's coming to life. Why? Because he said it was. And all I have to do is remember what he said. So church, family, friends, Beautiful people. Remember what he said and stick to the plan. If, I, if you don't get anything else from me tonight, go back, figure out what he said, and stick to the plan. Don't, don't make a new plan. Learn from Peter. New plans are not what Jesus is looking for. He's just looking for somebody that will stick to his plan. Thank you for listening to this Life Church podcast.